0: And now it's time for On The Money with your host, Dan White. Dan has been in the financial services industry for over 25 years, and he's been a featured expert in Forbes, Yahoo!, the Philadelphia Business Journal, Dow Jones Market Watch, and has appeared nationally on Fox Business News. Dan is a member of some of the most prestigious financial organizations, including the Society of Financial Service Professionals and the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. In addition, he's a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, credentials you can trust. Broadcasting from the heart of Wilmington, Delaware, here's your host of On The Money, Dan White. I wonder who's pumping Jerome Powell's gas. Because it's clearly been a while since the Fed chairman pulled up to a pump himself. Speaking to lawmakers in a congressional hearing last month, the Fed chairman doubled down on his view that there is no real inflation in the U.S. economy. Powell told uh, lawmakers, I graduated from college in 1975. I had a front row seat, he said, referring to the devastating inflation that plagued the U.S. economy during the Jimmy Carter years. I don't expect anything like that to happen, he said, adding that the double-digit price increases of the 1970s would be very, very unlikely. Powell explained that recent inflation had everything to do with this unique historical event that none of us has lived through before and nothing to do with inflation spiraling out of control. And this is the reason he's watching employment measurements instead of inflation measurements to determine when we need to raise rates and when we need to scale back on his $120 billion per month bond purchasing extravaganza. You've got to give Powell points for his consistency. If nothing else, he repeatedly keeps telling us that this inflation is just temporary. Welcome to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White, and I am the host of your show. This morning, we're going to talk about the Federal Reserve. You know, it's always been, you know, don't, don't, don't bet against the Fed. This morning, I'm going to say, you know what? Don't trust the Fed. The Fed has gotten this wrong time after time after time again. They're not the saviors we're making them out to be, and we're going to dive into this today as why the Fed could be more of the problem than the solution. Before we get into the program, I do have a couple upcoming events Um. On Tuesday, August the 10th at noon, we will be at the uh, Dell Tech Dover Campus in Dover, Delaware, doing our IRA and Required Minimum Distribution Planning Seminar. That's Tuesday, August 10th at noon down at Dell Tech in Dover. And then later that evening, on Tuesday, August 10th at 5.30, uh, we'll be at Buckley's Tavern uh, doing today's Retirement Concerns and Solutions. So that's Tuesday, August the 10th at 530 uh, Buckley's Tavern in Wilmington, Delaware. If you've got questions about retirement or RMDs or anything relating to your retirement situation, you want to uh, pick up the phone and get a reservation to one of our upcoming events. We also have a giveaway today. We're giving away a copy of my free book, What You Don't Know About Retirement Can Hurt You. Uh, we can give away to the, uh, a free copy of the book to the first 10 callers today. So pick up the phone if you'd like to get a copy. Be one of the first 10 cars, and we'll be happy to send you out a copy of my free book, Uh, What You Don't Know About Retirement Can Hurt You. So, you know, again, this morning we're talking about the Fed, and it's amazing how wedded our central bankers can become to a particular viewpoint. It may be this conviction to a belief system, in this case, there's no inflation, that causes them to repeatedly fail the American public by over or underreacting in almost every economic challenge. For example, former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan was late to loosen rates ahead of the disaster that became the systemic financial crisis of 2008. This inaction exasperated the problem. Overly generous liquidity in the prior years left interest rates too low for too long, creating an easy money environment that led to overly aggressive lending strategies. When the Fed, when the time came that the Fed needed to cut rates, it didn't have much room to lower them, so it moved too cautiously. And on the plus side, Since this current mess began unfolding in March of 2020, the Fed has done an excellent job stepping up to the plate in a major way. It lowered rates and it began a liquidity program by purchasing bonds, thereby helping to keep rates low. In sum, the Fed, along with multiple rounds of coronavirus stimulus checks and generous unemployment packages, helped to mitigate a full-on economic crisis that could have, if left unchecked, devastated our economy for years to come. A round of applause is in order, a standing ovation even. But now it's time for everyone to sit down. The coronavirus crisis in the U.S. has come and gone. We fought the war with COVID-19 and we won. The economy has reopened and help-wanted signs are on just about every street corner. So why, why is the Fed still printing money via bond repurchasing programs and low interest rates? It's a fair question, and one that Chairman Powell can't quite answer. Now granted, recent Fed minutes suggest they're finally at least willing to discuss tapering off the bond purchases. But for the most part, Powell and company believe that we need new metrics like unemployment to gauge the health of the economy. Well, let's take him at his word. Let's assume he's right. And employment is the only way to truly measure whether the U S economy is back in action. If so, then even by those metrics, the economy is looking pretty good. Last month, we added 850,000 jobs to the American economy, and the unemployment rate came in at a healthy 5.9%. Keep in mind that this is despite the lengths that the administration is taking to effectively ensure that those who are unemployed need not go back to work until at least September when the benefits are set to expire. The growth of 850,000 jobs in the latest months should be the kind of improvement needed to encourage the Fed to get back into the tightening game before it's too late. Because when it's too late, well, it's, it's just too late. We saw that with Greenspan, And I don't know about you, but I'm not in the mood for a repeat of 2008. Meanwhile, we're seeing real hard evidence of actual inflationary pressures that you would think would convince Powell and his team of Fed governors of the need to focus on inflation. At present, the U.S. economy is facing higher food, higher energy, and higher housing prices. And the prices of most commodities are going up, up, and up. Food prices are up 2.2% year over year and are expected to move higher. General Mills, the company that produces giant food brands like Betty Crocker and Cheerios, recently sounded the alarm, telling investors it anticipates inflation of roughly 7% this fiscal year, along with higher input costs, including labor and shipping. Consumer prices on most goods are up 5% annually, according to the most recent read on the Consumer Price Index, and still climbing. The read on the core rate, which strips out food and energy, is up 3.8% its sharpest increase in nearly 30 years. Oil is at $75 a barrel and expected to keep rising. And as we know, the price of oil affects prices on everything else. The price of coffee beans, for example, recently escalated because of the shipping costs associated with transporting the beans to their end markets. At the start of June, the futures benchmark in New York for the high end Arabica coffee bean hit a four and a half year high of almost $1.70 a pound, up almost 70% from a year before. So everything is going up. You know, we talked about this last week. Yet despite this reality, the Fed seems quite determined. To downplay inflation, the, this inflation is just transitory. Powell tells us, and again, Powell is not is so not worried that he says he's not even reading the inflation tea leaves, just the employment data. Is he burying his head in the sand like an ostrich? It certainly appears that he is. The reality is this: inflation is seeping into our economy at such a rate. That it would be an economic miracle if the masterminds at the Fed turn out to be correct in calling it transitory. And Powell isn't the messiah. The realist in all of us should remember that the Fed has failed over and over again to get this right. Instead, it has a tendency to both under and overreact. react. In this case, the Fed is underreacting to inflationary pressures. Its refusal to move on both its rates and its aggressive bond-buying programs will have long-lasting effects, courtesy of 1970s-style inflation. Consumer and producer prices are all higher, and there are more than 9 million jobs currently open. Imagine that. Let me give you our phone numbers. Toll free, you can reach us at 888-690-8820. That's 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. This morning we're talking about the Fed kind of unfathomable where everybody can see that there's inflation and the Fed is just trying to ignore it. And they're probably going to act uh, too late as usual and before something bad happens. But we'll have more on the Fed after the break. If you're within 5 to 10 years of retirement, this message is for you. There's never been a bigger disconnect between Wall Street and Main Street. Unemployment over 15%. Unprecedented federal stimulus. Wall Street has never been more volatile. If there was a vehicle that credited you 7% up front then grew your nest egg by 6 to 7 percent a year guaranteed for the next five to ten years before turning into an income stream that you cannot outlive. Would you want to know about it? Call Dan White and Associates now for details. 888-690-8820. Surrender charges and other restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the On the Money Show. My name is Dan White and I am the host of your show. And this morning we're talking about the Federal Reserve. It used to be don't fight the Fed and now I'm saying don't trust the Fed. We're talking about some of the mistakes they've made over the years and uh talking about the big decisions they have to make today and how this is going to impact you and your portfolio. Before we continue with the program, though, we do have a giveaway today. We're giving away a copy of my book, Uh, What You Don't Know About Retirement Planning May Hurt You. Um, Good read. Uh, We're coming out with a second edition soon with the SECURE Act, uh, the changes the SECURE Act made to retirement planning. But if you'd like to get a copy of my book, Uh, We can give it away to the first 10 callers today. Pick up the phone and give us a call, 888-690-8820. Again, toll-free, 888-690-8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942. 610-358-8942. We have two upcoming events this week on Tuesday, August the 10th at noon. We'll be down at the Dell Tech Dover Camp. Campus in Dover, Delaware, doing our IRA and required minimum distribution planning uh, program. Uh, as you may recall, RMDs were waived last year, but they're back. They're back. So they're back in 2021. So you've got to take RMDs this year, whether you have an IRA and you're 70, 70 and a half, 72, or you've got an inherited IRA that you took over from somebody else. The rules have changed on that. So you want to come out to one of our upcoming programs. Also on the 10th at 5:30. We'll be at Buckley's Tavern on Route 52 in Wilmington, Delaware, doing today's retirement concerns and solutions. So a lot of things are changing in the retirement planning world. And if you want to be up to date with the latest changes, you want to pick up the phone and get a reservation to one of our upcoming events. So again, the Fed is telling us all this inflation it's just hogwash. It's not really out there. And Powell and Company's dedication to the no-inflation story has turned the old Wall Street adage of don't fight the Fed into, as I said earlier, don't trust the Fed. Take everything you hear from the Federal Reserve with a grain of salt, <laughs> and inflated one at that. These academics, thanks to political pressures, have gotten into the poor habit of telling investors exactly what they think investors want to hear. Think about it. Just a few months ago, it was... We're not raising rates until 2024. And then when the economic data improved, it was, we're not raising rates until the end of 2023. And then we heard from one Federal Reserve governor talk of 2022. And now some Fed governors, including Mary Daly of San Francisco, are pushing to taper in 2021. So which is it, guys? (laughs) I would bet money the Fed has no idea. But they've got this story of inflation not being a problem. And so far, they're sticking to it. So as investors, you need to remain nimble and ready. If the Fed does hike rates in the near future, as a normal, rational person might assume they would, given the positive economic indicators and inflationary reads, then the economy and the markets may suffer the consequences. And if they don't raise, and increasingly the smart money is making that assumption, then the party lives on until it ends very badly. Remember the 1970s inflation? The stock market was a complete mess. It lost nearly 50% over a 20 month period, and for close to a decade, few people wanted anything to do with stocks. So we need more responsible rhetoric from the Fed and even some near-term tapering with a promise to look at all the data in case it needs to move on interest rates. And I believe the market would welcome that. Is it too much to ask that the Fed review all the data? That's exactly what Powell should have told Congress in its most recent hearing. He should have said he would remain vigilant and watch all the signals and the data points, including employment numbers, producer prices, and consumer prices. When Janet Yellen was the Fed chair, she was good about promising to read all data in real time. So what happened? Some think that Powell's job might be on the line. You know, because his term is up early next year. And then he's speaking to an audience of one. His former colleague at the Fed, now Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, Janet Yellen. Powell's term is coming up, and some think that she may want to replace him. And why not? He was Trump's guy. Liked by former Treasury Secretary Steve Munchen, and Powell effectively replaced Yellen herself. As such, she may feel more comfortable putting her own guy or gal into the spot. Lael Brannard, a friend of Yellen's, could easily fit the job and might be a preferable and friendly alternative for Yellen. But keep in mind, the Yellen we've seen as Treasury Secretary is far more aggressive in her desire to tax the world than we ever saw at the Fed, so much so She is responsible for the 15% worldwide tax proposal. So internal politics may also be playing into Powell's positioning, a lousy thought, but nonetheless a political reality as we try to understand the Fed's backward thinking. The bottom line is this, inflation is coming and at some point the Fed will need to react. And when that happens, you'll want to be prepared. Capture the momentum on the upside by being invested in markets as they move higher. But you should diversify into some hard assets, perhaps gold or real estate. When investors lose confidence in the stock market, they put their capital into these kinds of assets. And you should keep a little cash on the sidelines to be ready to buy some stocks when the pullback in the market happens. Remember, don't trust the Fed. But another thing I do want to talk about is, you know, you got to really look, and I want to explain today how higher interest rates or even the speculation of higher interest rates would affect your portfolio and what to do about it, you know, because the Fed has already signaled it's not going to raise rates in 2021 You know, the Fed chair has said the central bank is willing to let the U.S. economy overheat a little bit to generate more inflation. Again, are they waiting too long to pull the trigger? But when a rate rate hike comes, it's essential to understand what it means for your portfolio. The Fed Open Market Committee, the FOMC, is the policy decision-making arm of the U.S. central bank. It's a small roster of decision-makers, seven governors, from the Federal Reserve Board and five Federal Reserve Bank presidents, set a specific target for the federal funds rate. The federal funds rate is the basis on which all U.S. lending and market activity operates. It's a rate at which deposit-holding banks can borrow and lend to each other overnight. The Fed will raise or lower that rate to influence the amount of money in the economy. A rate cut? increases the amount of money available. A rate hike reduces the amount of money. When there's less money available, the cost to borrow, that money goes up. Why? The federal funds rate in turn impacts the prime interest rate in banking. This is the rate that large banks offer to their most trusted customers with the best credit scores. But that prime rate is the basis for all other forms of loans based on credit worthiness. So if the federal funds rate goes up, the prime interest rate goes up, and thus the cost of interest on a credit card, an auto loan, and other forms of credit also goes up. But how does that impact the stock market? Well, let's look at how it impacts a company's balance sheet. Rising interest rates don't have a direct impact on the stock market themselves. They do, however, have a secondary effect that can impact prices particularly from a psychological sentiment. Remember that each time interest rates rise, so too does the cost of borrowing. That is because corporate America primarily funds its operations by selling debt. And since 2009, corporate-grade bonds and junk bonds have seen steep declines in their interest rates as the Fed moved to keep that federal rate lower and lower. Well, higher interest rates means that companies need to spend more money paying back debt. Rising interest payments impact cash flow, which affects the price of a company's stock. But higher rates also impact consumer spending. Remember, consumers will need to pay higher interest costs on their credit cards, their auto loans, and everything else they might buy with borrowed money. The same goes for business-to-business transactions. The bulk of purchases made through U.S. supply chains are done on trade credit. When interest rates rise, trade credit can be restricted or prices increase. Typically, higher costs in supply chains are passed on to consumers, which also face greater interest payments on their own purchases. And as a result, if consumer purchases decline, this too can impact the bottom line of a company and thus its stock price. So again, when the cost of money goes up, it impacts everything. It's kind of it's kind of like oil on shipping. But when the cost of money goes up, we're going to pay more on our credit cards. We're going to pay more on our mortgages. We're going to pay more on our auto loans. Which means we're going to be able to buy less. So when you're buying less, that impacts companies, and companies have a lot of debt. So when you raise rates on them, on on uh, on raise rates. The companies have to pay more to service their debt. So all of this is very negative to the stock market. But again, certain industries do better in a rising interest rate environment. Banks, mortgage companies, insurance companies all benefit from higher interest rates. So you got to be diversified, and you got to know where to put your money. Let me give you our phone numbers toll-free, 888-690-8820. Again, 888 8820 in Pennsylvania. It's a local call, 610-358-8942, 610-358-8942. I'm, I'm pretty convinced the Fed will probably screw this up. They'll wait too long to raise rates, and this is probably not going to end badly. But if you've got questions, we've got the answers. Pick up the phone and give us a call. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of their respective parties and not those of this show's producers or this station. Join us again for more On The Money.